0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, the first question. Today we talk about how to start every one-on-one. Here we go. We talked about one on ones quite a bit it in being the most important, as you reminded me once uh manager tool that we have in our arsenal there's some micro things happening right during the one on ones that one learns over time, but right you know it's kind of that that constancy do you think that's that that plays a role
1: yeah i um it's funny because I think um it is it's continuity or constancy over instances you know o- over the idea of any single one even though we talk about we want each single one-on-one to happen it is not the individual instance that makes a difference it's like you know the way i think about it a little bit is like the fax machine right adding one fax machine to the network doesn't seem like very much but it is ultimately the network the the, the power of the network that makes a difference i want to say it's Metcalf's law but i i could be wrong about that and Adding one doesn't seem like that big a deal. And yet, if you don't add one, if you don't keep adding one, it, it doesn't, uh, the network doesn't have value. Right. So little things done consistently over long periods of time have tremendous value and rewards. Yeah, the same thing with feedback, right? I mean, we, we talk about you know, most managers hold their breath when it comes to feedback. We wait until the end of the year or we wait until a quarter, you know, three months have gone by and then we have a sit down talk with somebody about something we've noticed they've been doing wrong and then they're aghast and that's part of the reason why people are afraid of feedback when we first give it to them because so often we've waited so long, the only instances are ones that are big enough that have repeated often enough that it's a big problem. Whereas our feedback model says, you know, address things when they're small. And if you're addressing things when they're small, missing one is no big deal. But the pattern of the commitment that the manager makes to both feedback and one-on-ones and the, the idea in the mind of the direct, if I can count on my boss interacting me with this way, that repetition is a big part of what delivers the value of the two most important manager tools, one-on-ones yeah. and feedback. Yeah,
0: and in, in a lot of managers are looking for that that one silver bullet that's going to solve all their problems, and that belies the importance and the impact of these small things done consistently over long periods of time.
1: Yeah. The silver bullet thing, I I have, I I have been thinking for a long time, years and years and years about that. I think people want it to to be easy. And in my mind, you know, I joke with somebody the other day that it's a little bit like calculus, you know, it's not two plus two equals four. Once you learn two plus two, it's always going to be four. But the entirety of management is a bit like calculus. It actually, it, it's a bad analogy because it's many people would say, "God, calculus is hard." Management isn't hard. It, it's just that the problems don't solve themselves, right? You can't learn it in fourth grade and then say, "Okay, now I've got that one." Um, you you have to keep at it. It ha- you you have to. It reveals itself over time. You have you have to have a constancy. You have to continue to do it. It's just like you know, it's like any major endeavor. You know the idea is not enough. Look, we want good ideas. nothing wrong with that. But then you have to actually implement the idea. And I think conference people have heard me and clients have heard me say before, no sense in putting your best foot forward if you drag the other one behind. It's putting the best foot forward and then putting the other one in front of it and then putting the other one in front of that one a thousand times. And that makes an enormous difference. And and I think um, when you look for the silver bullet, that Complete. If in fact, in, in in managers' heads, we're thinking, "Gosh, I just need something that'll, you know, solve that problem. You know, get it out of the way, um, be done once and for all." And if you look at that, then immediately, almost everything that works in management appears wrong to you because they all take time. They all reveal themselves over time. They all unfold. They're all organic because it involves organ organisms, human organisms look obviously if there is one idea it's not a silver bullet that that makes a big difference we believe it's one-on-ones but it's not the that 30 minute instance of any one-on-one that matters it's that constancy and as somebody said constancy is the complement of all other virtues you know if you're virtuous once a week that doesn't help a whole lot but if you're virtuous for a long period of time that's a good thing
0: yeah one-on-ones are in indeed a silver bullet It just
1: happens to be the slowest moving silver bullet you've oh. <laughs> seen in your life. Okay. We're really stretching. I'm really bad with analogies sometimes, and that's a big stretch. That's a big stretch. But, a big but stretch. Uh, yeah. In a way. Okay, so, so, look. What are some of the behaviors we can engage in in each instance of our one-on-ones that increase the value of that constancy? and and believe it or not we we found you know you and i have learned this we've seen a lot of the people learn this you know one of the things you can do to increase the constancy of one-on-ones is actually reducing some of the moving parts you know and and we start with the whole principle of half an hour once a week let's you know let's not make it flexible and make it different for everybody let's let's limit let's limit the number of variables we have uh limit the number of moving parts and the first one is we recommend that you standardize and repeat over and over again the first question you ask. And so we got three parts of this cast: um, ask the same first question every single time. Second thing is write down the answer every single time. And then lastly, we'll in this cast we'll rec- we'll make some recommendations about first questions. Although frankly, as long as it's a fairly open-ended question, you know we want to make it easy. We'll give you some examples, but you certainly don't have to stick to these. As long as it's an open-ended question and you use it the same way every time you're going to be fine. Well, good. So then this thing about asking the same first question every, every
0: time, um, that's difficult for some people, right? We see that all the time when in either corporate engagements or with private clients, whatever, where we teach them something, the, the feedback model, for example, and what they want to do is they want to customize it right away. They want to make it their own. Yeah. And, and so they, they, they can't ask the question, Hey, can I give you some feedback? They have to come up with all sorts of different ways to essentially say the same thing because they don't want a scene to be going by rote or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think they're, they're, and for some of them, some of them are just gifted and they can get it and they see it immediately and they're able to. Twist it around every which way and still keep true to the fundamental principle. But, but some people are like, well, I want to prove that I've already mastered it. And so let me, let me show that I've leaped step one, two, and three, and I'm on step four. Well, that's great. If in fact you you, your, your step four proves mastery of step one, two, and three, which 90% of the time at conferences and with clients, it doesn't. Now, look, we're not, we're not against that. We love everybody to get to step four. What we've learned, and we're not. You know, we're not insignificantly intelligent. Um, you know, we, we, we've we learned a few things in our lives and we've tried new things and failed and tried new things and we're successful. Uh, we've learned that going slow and mastering the basics really does matter. And it, it's true for management as well. You know, when we share the feedback model, we talk about learning the anchor words, right? Which is, can I, win you, here's what, thank you. That's for positive feedback, right? Eight words, the first two of each of the four steps of the model. And yet, here are some new learners. They've never heard the feedback model before. They're mixing it up. They're changing the words. They're making it longer. They're making it, in our estimation, harder. And again, we have no problem with everyone making every one of our manager tools their own. That's the beauty of of management. It's your own way of doing it. But surely there's some value in the beginning in learning the model one way, and then after mastering that core, then and only then making it one's own and and when we were talking about that it hit us that that probably some of the learnings that many managers have regarding one-on-ones and other tools ha- have not been transferred we haven't shared all the possible um, things that uh, the really effective managers using our tools are using and we we've suspected that people are doing the same thing with one-on-ones and in fact they were you know managers in an effort to be cool or be relaxed and don't don't feel bad because It includes us to some degree, or if we want to be unstructured or, you know, this is different, so I'm going to be buddy-buddy, I'm going to be personable or whatever. Managers, we ended up being cavalier in terms of seeing this as a systematic way of interacting with people even though that phrase systematic way of interacting people seems dumb. And yet think about handshakes and think about saying hello and think about saying good morning. They're all systematic. You know, they just sort of managers were just sort of winging it in terms of what to ask and what to say. And they just thought, well, I'm not naturally a person, you know, a people person. And so I, I, I'm just going to kind of go in and we're just going to chat and it's going to be soft and it's going to be unmeasurable and so on. And frankly, none of them had an ironclad rule for opening their one-on-ones when they were just starting. But when we talked to our longtime friends and people who are using one-on-ones for years, they were saying they did have a go-to line or an opening, something that they could count on. And it essentially eliminated the need to think about it or be creative or be different or be casual. And, and there, you know what, Mike, there's some people who are listening right now go, no, 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 no that's not me. I, I couldn't do that. Well, I've been doing one-on-ones for 20 years and frankly, I do it, and it actually makes me better in one-on-ones because, again, I've eliminated a moving part. And All this really led us to a simple revelation, which is start each one-on-one, every time, with every direct, no matter what, with the same first question. It eliminates the need to be creative. It increases the brain power put into listening to the answer rather than the question. And, again, it reduces one of the moving parts of every one of our one-on-ones. Now, look, you know, there are certainly cases if someone comes back from vacation or if someone has been out with a sick family member or they themselves have been out, there's nothing wrong with modifying at that time. We're talking about 99.9% of the time when there's not a distinctively unusual occurrence in the recent, in recent history that would, that all normal human interaction would judge that the first question or the first comment has to be about that incident. Otherwise, um, for the vast majority, 99% plus, um, starting with the same first question is a better way to go.
0: Yeah, and, and look, it's it's. I'm not saying that every manager who doesn't start with the same first question every time does this, but I've observed many managers, what they do is they think about what they want out of the one-on-one, and they start the one-on-one with a question designed to get what they want out of the one-on-one. And of course, Beautiful. the purpose of the one-on-one is the direct, is to build a relationship with the direct. And since the first 10 minutes is about what the direct wants, wants to talk about, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to start with a leading question designed to get what you want. Right. Let me give you an example of the value of this. I I had a direct one time, very, very strong direct, uh, got promoted several times and went on to be a significant executive in the company. And in my one-on-one with this person at the time, I didn't. You know, I was just lazy. I asked the same question every time because I didn't want to work too hard to start this thing off. So um, eventually I figured out, and this part, this story is part of how I learned the value of it, is I start off every one one the same way every single time, which is, how's it going? So how's it going? And my direct would answer, great. And then go on with a long list of all the things that <laughs> she was working on to make the company better. And so I did this every week. How's it going? Great. How's it going? Great. For weeks and weeks and weeks. And then one time I said, how's it going? And she goes, good. I said, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, but anyway and then she went on doing her normal stuff. And then the next week uh, I go, how's it going? And she goes, okay. And that is the point. That was the value of asking the same question every single time. Great, 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 good, okay. There's a pattern. And then I went on with the next question, which is, hey, is there something going on? Is there something you want to share with me? And then my direct went on to share a very personal story about something that was going on with her life that was absolutely going to impact performance and distract her a little bit to deal with this personal crisis she was going through. And the fact of the matter is, she's a very, very strong person. And if I had not had the insight to ask the additional question as to what was going on, she would have never shared that with me. And maybe, maybe months later when it became just so painfully obvious, she had to share it with me, but the one-on-one and asking the question every single time and listening for the response, notifying the trend allowed me to delve in, ask the, the next level question and find out something that frankly was good for me to know so that I could mitigate the the impacts to the organization. And it was good for my direct for me to know
1: because I could help this individual Managed through this personal crisis. Yeah, I, I, the thing that that um, I I think is important here is that your revelation that asking the same question and fixing that, and then using you know in in term if you think about it as an experiment, you have a control group, right? And that's the question, uh, and then you get different answers. Uh, you know, you you've limited the variable. The only variable now is the direct's behavior and not the manager's behavior. If the manager walks in in a happy mood and say, hey, how's it going today, right? And then the next day it's like, how are you? You get different answers. You can't be sure that the answers are a function of the direct as opposed to the manager. Uh, to, To your point earlier about the manager asking a question designed to help the manager, right? And it is literally that kind of boring simplicity that. In each instance seems boring, frankly, but in terms of constancy over time has a value that you can 't know unless you 've done lots of one on ones uh, and had the experience of seeing directs and being able to pay attention because you fixed that part of the interaction right
0: and if you 're yeah. asking a different question every time, there is no pattern you can 't identify a pattern because it 's a different right. question
1: right there is no control group as you
0: as yeah.
1: you, you you pointed out yeah the, the repetition makes us better at discerning differences. Whereas if we wing it, or if we're if we're creative, we actually might mask things. We might learn by giving us different answers. So yeah, yeah. Now
0: there's an important point, I, I, and I didn't I didn't say this while I was sharing my story. So let me say it now. I had been meeting with my directs quite frequently in something uh, akin to a one-on-one before you came and consulted for my organization, but I changed it after, of course, after you had come and consulted for my organization. So at this point. I knew Mark Horseman said, write down the answers every time. Like taking notes is one of those core behaviors on one-on-ones. And so me being the, oh, uh, I just completely malleable, do what he's told. <laughs> <AI>. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'll try it. I'm going to try it for six months and we'll see how it works. And so I try to write down everything I possibly could during the one-on-one. And so I asked the question, how's it going? And when I got an answer, I wrote it down verbatim. So how's it going? Great. I wrote down great. And so next week, how's it going? Great. I wrote down great. It's the first, it was the first word on this particular person's, on their one-on-one form. It was the, the first word written down every single time. And so when I asked the question, how's it going? And I got good. I wrote down good. And then when I said, hey, how's it going? And I got okay. I wrote down okay. Well, the point is, when I'm preparing for my one-on-one and I'm just looking through the previous one-on-ones to prepare, I see great, 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 great. And all of a sudden I see, "Oh, last week she said good. And now this week she says okay. Yeah. I've got it. Right? But you got So the point is, you got to yeah. write it down.
1: Yeah. And, and even if you didn't look, the fact of writing it down increases your, your memory, right? We, and look, we can't say that asking the same question by definition gets you better answers. It does, again, reduce your moving parts. We can say that when we know the question is the same, the answers and their differences, the patterns, any potential trends tend to stand out all the more to more of us. Some people can ask any question they want, and they're so good with interacting with people that they can discern patterns and trends with different questions. You know, there's an old saying about, um, I think it was like, you know, how, how does – uh you know what's the right way to grip a golf club, and I think it's uh, you know you're supposed to grip it like you're holding a bird, which I never understood quite frankly. Um, like you're except a for uh, holding a bird in your hands or something, and then somebody said, yeah, you know, but Arnold Palmer grips it like with steel, and then the the joke was, yeah, but you're not Arnold Palmer. I think that's in Harvey Pinnock's book. Golfers you know, are it, just folks. Weird. That's all yeah, the, the, yeah. The chances that you're the one manager out of hundreds that can just just as intuitively great with people. Is pretty small. You may be, and that'd be great, but we, we doubt it. And we're talking to tens of thousands of managers right now. So look, in additionally, if you are asking different questions and you suddenly go to the same question, but you don't write it down, you're going to increase the chance. First, you're going to increase the chance you're going to see your pattern. But when you write it down, you're going to greatly increase your likelihood of seeing patterns and trends, not because you read the answers necessarily, but because writing things down increases your retention of them. And you'll be much more likely to to note those oddities or those those quirks or those blips that tend to be perhaps early indicators.
0: Yeah. And to be sure, writing things down in one-on-ones is an acquired taste. It wasn't something I naturally, uh, naturally did.
1: Yeah, and look, we push back all the time. I mean, people, you know, part of our training when we do clients or when we do conferences, like people just want to push back, you know, because, well, you know, that won't work because my directs will think I'm documenting. Well, yeah, okay, but you document all the time and say, you know, I don't want them to, you know, how is it to have interaction with people while you're writing it down? I said, well, you know, you've been in meetings before. You've been writing things down Other people say, you know, nobody nobody rips your head off because you're writing things down. Uh, But a lot of managers say, I don't need that or I'll remember that. How hard can it be to remember all this stuff? Well... In the same way that the beauty of the one-on-one isn't an instance, but rather that constancy over time, it's not one one one-on-one that's the issue, it's 500 of them in a year, right? 10 directs, 50 weeks, suddenly we're approaching 500 one-on-ones, that's a lot of remembering to do, 250 hours worth of remembering. You know, it's impossible, frankly, to remember all the subtleties and the trends and everything else. There there are rare people who can do it that are just particularly attuned to other people. You know, and I want to be very gracious and kind and say, folks, you're not that person or the chances are very good that you're not that person, just like you're not Tiger Woods or you're not Roger Federer or, or whoever. Uh, and neither are we. And we have learned the hard way that it's far better to do some basic things well over time. And that includes asking the first question and writing it down.
0: Yep. Good. Okay. So
1: we've talked about, you know,
0: starting off with the same question every single time, writing it down. So w- let's go back kind of the beginning and let me ask you, do you have any recommendations on what
1: that first question might be? Yeah, these are the ones that I have heard people use that make sense to me. I've heard others and we're not suggesting these are the only ones. And again, we, you know, we're not saying these are the only ones, we, we, but we suspect that many of you don't have a first question nailed down yet, or you're just kind of winging it. It might help to hear the ones that we've heard that are, that are effective. The first one is, how's it going? Okay. Uh, how are you? I would like to suggest there's another one that, that works real well, which is, how are you today? Which is part for a different cast. Um, I use that often interacting with people on airplanes. It works very well. How are things? You know, it's your agenda. What have you been up to? Which I was surprised that this manager said worked. I just, that one really didn't work for me, but whatever. Another one is what's going on. That's obviously a variation on how's it going. And again, if some of these seem way off to you, that's fine. They they do to us as well. But look, folks... Any first question that is repeated religiously is better than a bunch of unprepared first lines that don't give us that ability to notice those trends that, that allow us to say, Oh, that, that's different. So find a question that works for you. Steal one of these for a while. See if it feels okay. And by the way, we asked a bunch of directs, does it feel stilted? Does it feel mechanical that it's the same first question? Is it? No, no, I know it's coming. So it, it's fine. So we don't, we don't see a, a noticeable decline as if, oh, look, he's turning it into a series of 30 standard questions because every one on one, every manager has always said every one on one is always different. Even if you make the first question the same, after that, it's a, a free for all where you're going to end up depending upon what, what kind of, who, who your direct is and what they want to talk about and what the operational tempo is at work and so on. Really, when you just taking a step back from these three points, the manager who thinks carefully about how each direct is doing and then behaves in a way to make it possible for the manager to notice is more likely to see the signs that we think of great managers as seeing early. We really don't need to be clever here, folks, uh, or insightful, and that's good because Mike and I don't think of ourselves as terribly clever when it comes to being managers of other people. You don't need to be insightful in a way that's given at birth, but we do need to engage in behaviors that increase the chances that insights will reveal themselves to us. And when we see what others don't see because we've taken the time, we've scheduled the time, and we've been professionally observant and professionally prepared for our one-on-ones, we become better managers. And even if it makes us 1% better, remember the old saying, you don't have to be perfect tomorrow, you just have to be 1% better tomorrow than you are today. So we recommend it. We find that um, uh, some of the best managers doing one-on-ones ask the same question every time. They write down the answer every time and that makes a difference in terms of repetition, in ter- terms of memory, uh, retention. And then hopefully one of those questions that we shared is one that'll work for you. Yeah, I I don't think we've done a
0: simpler cast in terms of what it takes to execute it. On the other hand, it's incredibly powerful as I as I experienced yep. personally in the story I shared. You know, pretty simple. Ask the same first question every single time, then write it down, so write down the answer every time, and then we talked about some open-ended questions that you might try out and see how they work for you. Right. All right, my friend. Thanks partner. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hey, if you haven't checked out the October 7th, 2009 Effective Manager Conference in Houston, Texas, we still got a few slots left. For details, go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com. Hope to see you there. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. So on.